the funniest thing that I think Mark the, Mark gave me the biggest backhanded compliment. <laughs> oh God! He was like, it, it was this. funny though, because he was like, "Yeah, man, like you've done, you you look awesome, you look great, you you've got a family, like it's so crazy, like man, and you, and you still go out, and you have a good time, but like I'm 27 and I couldn't imagine going out back to back nights. I couldn't imagine what it's like to be your age and do that, and I'm like." <laughs> Yeah, man, it's not that old. (laughs) So what you're saying now, Mark, is that uh, you are no longer Stan. I am Stan. I am Stan I am Stan Halen. Change your name and the groomie to new Stan (laughs) I'm the new Stan. (laughs) The new Stan Halen. I don't even know how to get into talking about football. All right, so here we go. We got this. So the Braves are the best team in baseball, I'm convinced. <laughs> we said we we're going to talk about football. I mean, it's right at the Braves. Well, I mean, we yeah, got, yeah, the Braves are playing pretty well. Braves right are an easy open. Um, I mean, the Braves. Would you like me to say it again? No, 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 no. We're, I think we should just roll with what we've got right now because you're 1,000% right. The Braves right now are the best team in baseball. Whether or not they're able to keep yes, this well. up through the rest of the year, I don't know. And I'll have you know this because – there are naysayers out there in this world that say, oh, well, if you look at the Braves' schedule, they're just beating up on the, the brothers of the poor. The Braves have series wins over the second, third, fourth best winning percentages in the National League, and they have uh, winning they, series wins against the Orioles, the, and, uh, the Twins, who both now uh, sweep over the Twins, who lead the Central currently. Uh, the Reds, who are red hot. The Reds, which is the winning percentage. They, I think they, they got the fourth. Uh, the only series that they didn't win that, that you could say, like, oh, we'll see what happens when they play a good team, is the Dodgers. They, they lost two out of three to the Dodgers. Um, in Houston early. Early in Atlanta against Houston, we got swept. Yes. So... But the, but Houston isn't even the best team in the AL West currently. It's the Rangers no. and the Braves took two out of three there. I thought we took two out of three from the Rangers. I thought we lost two out of three there. Check me on that. I'm pretty sure we lost two out of three in Texas. I know we won Game One, and then I feel like we had a comeback win against. We're going to dive into the schedule right now as we speak. How dare we start talking about the Braves without having the schedule up? We took two out of three from Texas. We won game one, 12 to nothing. Lost game two. We were down in game three. Came back one, six to five. We lost two to the Dodgers. Yeah, we lost two to the Dodgers. Split with the Phillies. And then we lost, we to, lost the, two oh, to the, the, A's. the A's. But, I mean, then, uh, but if you look that's at the... we got hot. Uh, but that's that's what, if, if you look at that, those series right there, that little that little skid, it was coming off of the West, the West, we, it was like weird going for the road trip from Toronto to Texas, then played Seattle, uh, and then that that third game against Seattle went into extra innings, and then it was just straight hellacious. Dodgers, Phillies, um, and the Phillies were really starting to come up on the upswing. Then, I mean, that was a that was a tough series. Uh, splitting with them was totally fine, and then turning around, we had the Sunday night game against Philadelphia, and then had to fly out to Oakland, and so it was it was coming off of. 10 in a row, then going into Oakland on that. And, you know, things happen. Weird things happen. Got the day off, went to Arizona, took two out of three from the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, if you look at the teams that the the Braves have beaten, and that's where I think that they're not getting any credit because, yeah, sure, in this in this stretch here, they have won 13 of their last 14 uh, with a sweep over the Rockies. 
technically a sweep over the Phillies. We only played two games, but beat, beat them both. Took two out of three from the Reds and then just swept the Twins. Of those teams, Twins are in first place in the AL Central. The Rockies are really bad. Uh, and... The, but I mean, the Reds are on fire. The, the Reds are the Reds had won twelve in a row or eleven in a row. The Braves have only lost three games in June. Yeah, I mean they're the yeah. and three one games. of them and June is over Friday for the Braves, which is yeah. insane. And yeah. they've got tomorrow off, which we're recording on the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. They've got Thursday off, so the, the the worst they can do is lose four. The the Mets starting that series in Atlanta came in six games down. Pete Alonso, they were six and a half back. Pete Alonso says, throw it again. Throw it again. Please throw it again. They're 16 games back now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and to me, it's it's fairly clear that the Braves are the best team in baseball. We have not played Tampa Bay yet. Um, we will be playing Tampa Bay at the time of this recording next weekend, the weekend after July 4th, leading into the All-Star break. That's a huge series. Uh, I mean, I can't remember the last time that the Fox – Saturday night baseball game of the week has been at Tropicana Field. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but that's a big series coming up um, after we close out this big series we got at home against Miami to put some more ground between us and the Marlins to try to do that this weekend. Uh, going to be good to have a day off to give the bullpen a rest. We taxed them in Cincinnati and a little bit today because Colby Allard was coming off short rest from his start in Gwinnett. But I think the biggest thing right now that's propelled the Braves is – when Olsen and Riley got ice cold in May, when the Braves kind of had a so-so May, played about 500 baseball, I don't know exactly the record that we finished May with, but it probably wasn't but a game or two over 500 before we went on this June tear. But the biggest thing is that when those two get cold, when the anchors of the Braves lineup have gone cold, Marcelo Zuna has caught fire. By the way, Marcel, we are so sorry for everything we said and did and all the booze we gave you early on in the year. We're very mm. sorry. We love you now. Marcel de- still uh, deserved the booze. Or he d- did. Still deserved some booze. Still, he absolutely definitely deserved it, but we're very sorry because you are on fire. Stay hot, Marcel. But And so has Michael Harris. Michael Harris is hitting over 400 in the month of June. Over 400 in the month of June, The as Lauren Jabara, I believe, said today on the broadcast. So... I mean, it's been when guys get cold, like Orlando Garcia right now, his average has dropped about 20 points. I believe he's sitting about 305 now. But when guys have gone cold, other guys in the lineup have stepped up, and one through nine, the Braves don't have a gap. And that's not even including that they can switch out Travis Darno and Sean Murphy every day if they want to and have them both in the lineup. You can bring Eddie Rosario off the bench. You can bring Kevin Pillar off the bench. Um, at one point, Sam Hilliard, early in the year before his at-bat kind of stopped, he was hitting over 300. Um, they just There's so much depth in this Braves, in this Braves lineup. And, I mean, even off the bench, there's plenty of guys who, who, can, hit the, like, who can hit the baseball. Kevin Pillar on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training was a, was a great signing. Alex Anthopoulos finds ways to bring guys in. And Kevin Pillar, who's been a proven center fielder for all those years he was in Toronto, like, we're just, other than our bullpen, which I think we will shore up at the deadline because I don't know if Rysel is going to be the closer all year and if he's the answer going forward. I just, there's not another team. And I know it's June. There's a lot of baseball left to play. We're not even at the All-Star break. There's full month of July, August, and September left to play. Lots of division games left. 
I'm not sold that the Mets are toast because there's too much talent on that team for them to be toast this early in the year. But as of right now, as it sits right now, there's not a team in Major League Baseball who I would bet to to beat us in a, in a playoff game right now. Like I, we are World Series favorites at this moment. Let's have a quick conversation about the All Star Game. So I'm looking at All Star voting right now. They've broken it down to two players per position. I don't know if you guys have voted yet. You should vote. Vote Braves as I always do. Uh, right now in the National League, the two guys you can vote for: Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson, first base. Of course, Matt Olson. Second base, Ozzie Albies, Luis Reyes from the Marlins. Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley, third base. That's three Braves out of three. Shortstop, Orlando Arcia, Francisco Lindor. Not Dansby Swanson, as uh, we'll say for Chad. Uh, catcher, Sean Murphy, Will Smith. And outfield, Acuna was the number one vote getter. He's already in the All-Star game. He's already a starter. Mookie Betts. Uh, Corbin Carroll is his name, the rookie from uh, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Luis Guriel. Is that his name? Is it Luis? I think it's Luis Guriel. Uh, or, yeah, Lord, it's, it's Lords. 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 That's right. That's right. I apologize, Lords. Uh, and then Michael Harris from the Braves. And there's also Yuli. It's either Yuli Guriel or Lords from the Diamondbacks. I think that's Yuli. Lourdes Guriel from the Diamondbacks. Guriel. Guriel, the outfielder for the Diamondbacks. So, And then for designated hitter for the National League, you got Bryce Harper. And J.D. Martinez. So out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine positions. I don't know why I had to count that. Nine positions <laughs> for betting in the National League. The Braves, the Braves have guys in the voting for seven of those nine positions. And rightfully so. Like, I think if you look at pure numbers, like Areas for the Marlins absolutely deserves to be in over Albies just because he's hitting 400 yeah. like I gotta give I gotta give I it agree. like if if no if if they did this based on like because fan voting right now if you look at the Braves he's, fan base he's leading him Ozzy's leading the Reyes right 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 no I mean he, he is and it's because of fan voting and if you look at the way that the fan voting's done it's kind of a unfair system especially it because the, the way that the Braves are the Braves have a massive national fan base because of the days on TBS. So, like, there's still people that are in their 30s and 40s that are Braves fans that live in random Midwestern town in Ohio because they're like, oh, I used to come home every night and watch the Braves on TV with my dad. And the same thing when the Cubs are good. So when the Braves are good, the Braves have a massive national following. Uh not as big as the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox because Atlanta is still a small market. But, I mean, ticket prices and sales right now are absurd. They had a sellout yesterday. I think the whole Twin Series was a sellout. A midweek series against the Twins was a sellout. With a 12-20 start. And, With a 12 well, today, today well, I don't think today was a sellout. There was, but. I had 28,000. That's I mean, still big. 28,000 for a 12 o'clock start in the middle of June is very good on a day where it got to 90 degrees mind you um the way that the fan voting is fickle but that said orlando arcia deserves to be in this race and he absolutely deserves it over francisco lindor he's smoking lindor in pretty much every category the only thing that he's got him on right now is uh i think lindor's played in more games because arcia was hurt early in the year and yet with all that said Orlando Arcia has three less hits than Francisco Lindor and like 
78 less at-bats. Orlando RC uh, deserves to be the starting shortstop for the National League All-Star at, team. At this point right now, these are all the guys that are going to be in the All-Star game, correct? This, we're just voting on starters. Um, I no, mean, because, down because if you don't get if you don't win as a starter, they fill out the rest of the the rest of the ballot is filled or the rest of the uh, reserves are are decided by the coaching staff. Oh, uh, gotcha. And they have to have one representative. But these are the starters. This is for starters. Okay. So that you have to have one representative from from Each every team. team. I knew that. Uh, so I mean, you know, it, it could be one of those things where you start splitting hairs, and you're like, Bryce Iglesias is, but he doesn't deserve to be an all star. But no, you know, no. uh, like for example, if he was he was there, and the Braves have seven starters, they're not going to give a reserve spot to him. So yeah, I agree. The um the MLB fan voting, I agree to do that for starters, but after that, it should come down to purely statistics because what you said is right. Like, Luisa Reyes deserves to start the All-Star game. It doesn't matter to me if Ozzy Albies wins the fan vote or not. You're hitting 400, and Miami is probably going to be a playoff team or at least a fringe playoff team, and we haven't seen that in a very long time, and he's a huge contributor to that. But sticking with baseball, Matt, you know, you're the college baseball fan of the of the pod. I mean, I, I'm a college baseball fan, but not to the knowledge of, of what you have. I thought this personally, and I want your opinion, this is one of the best Omaha's we've ever seen from game one between TCU and Oral Roberts, even down to, well, let's just say game one of the final, you know, because game two and game three were blowouts, but they're really, man, this was a great, great Omaha. One of the best I think I've seen. In a long time, yeah, it was it was really good start to finish, and I mean, day one you have a comeback win by Oral Roberts, who was the people's champ. Uh, everybody was pulling for Oral. Uh, then you had <laughs> I, I can't say that and not giggle. Uh, Don't we all? <laughs> everybody was pulling for Oral. Um, and then the nightcap of of, of game one, you had uh, Florida and Virginia. Florida was down and had to mount a comeback. Same thing that Oral Roberts did in game one. So, uh, overall, yes, I agree. This is one of the best Omahas that we've had in a very long time. I will say this, though. There has been a lot of exciting games to that extent in previous ones. It just seems like right now, college baseball is starting to get a little bit more of the flowers it deserves for being the postseason that it is. And the more times that you have Oral Roberts and Coastal Carolinas and Fresno States that get into Omaha and make noise the way that they did this year and show that they're a legitimate competitor, the better it is because nobody wants to. I mean, it's always fun to see Texas and uh, LSU and Miami and all the big blue chip brands of college baseball in Omaha. However, it's more fun whenever you have big brands that mix and go up against schools like Wake Forest, who is number one in the country but hasn't been to Omaha since 1955. Uh, so awesome pool of, of teams. Unfortunately, games two and three were snoozers, and we knew who was the champion in game three before the third inning was over. Yeah, that was surprising too because after that first game, I mean, LSU came back one in, uh, what was it, the 10th inning? Was it 10th or 11th? I think it was the 10th inning. 11th. 11th inning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, was, it was an awesome game. Turn around, Florida won in what looked like a Georgia versus a- a- Iowa score. Yeah. 20, what was it, 28-2, 28-3? 24-3. 24-3, not 24-4. They, 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 oh, LSU scored. Like, I apologize for LSU, that. LSU got two safeties. 
LSU got two safeties, yeah. And then turn around, LSU wins as big as they did in game three on Monday. And broke I the mean, record for hits in a, in, a, in a game in Omaha. That's insane. I, I was surprised because going into that, that championship series, I gave the advantage to Florida uh, in, in one category, and that was pitching. And I'll, I got to give mad props to, to LSU's pitching staff. They really stepped it up in Omaha. I thought they were dead after they had lost that uh, first game to Wake when they lost, and I guess it was the, the winner's bracket game after game one, uh, which – I wanted Wake to win out of that, but I thought with them losing in the way that they did, uh, that didn't set them up well because they had to play back-to-back-to-back games. But sometimes it doesn't really matter. But uh, Floyd for LSU stepped up big time on the pitching. Uh, had LSU, I, I don't know if it was a record. I think it was a record. 17 Ks in game one of the championship series against Florida uh, from the pitching staff. Uh I will say this, though. LSU, I was not put personally pulling for them for obvious reasons, for numerous obvious reasons. Uh, but my biggest one is they went and got Paul Skeens out of the transfer portal, and they went and got Tommy Tanks out of the transfer portal, and they bring them in to a team that already had Dylan Cruz, and they went and got Walker Little, who was from uh, uh, the number – three pitcher at Vandy and they brought him on staff. And so they brought all these guys from the transfer portal because of that green man, that, that cash rules, everything around me. They, they paid off some dudes to come play ball there. And that's the one thing I hate about the transfer portal in baseball. You're seeing it right now. There's dudes jumping in the portal from really good teams that were big contributors because they want to go make that cash. And, uh, unfortunately LSU proves that it wins whenever you've got the right coach to manage all of it. Yeah, yeah, and I will say I will say one thing as a as a Florida fan who had to suffer through that miserable game 3 after being on the top of the mountain in game 2 with 20 24 hit uh 25 hits and 24 runs. Um we are a very young, very young kid that I felt like I saw every single night was Cade Fisher. He's actually a, a Georgia boy from up there around you guys. He's from Dalton and he pitched a lot. He kind of took the brunt of what Jack Taglioni left him uh, Monday night in game three and kind of had to try to come in and clean up that situation, which for a true freshman is really hard. But there's a lot of good young arms on this Florida team. Uh, Wyatt Langford, obviously, he's leaving. He's going to be a top three pick in the MLB draft. Um, but other than that, like, there's a lot of good bats coming back, a lot of good arms coming back. Look, Jack, Jack Taglioni, he needs to figure out how to get control over his fastball. He does not have it. Um, he's got a long way to go as a pitcher, and I wasn't convinced that throwing him out there to start game three was the best thing in the world, especially after the way he started against Oral Roberts and his only other start in Omaha. Um, but, I mean, he's got a whole offseason to get ready for that, and if he wants to be a two-way player in major league, in the major leagues or in professional baseball in general, he's going to have to work on getting that fastball under control. He throws hard, and when he does have it under control, that fastball is straight gas, but you know, still, still a great year, man. I, I fully expect the big things from Florida coming back. Look, Kel, Kevin O'Sullivan is a proven, proven head coach in college baseball. He's been one of the best for a very long time. There's a lot of people in Gainesville who feel like he should have more than just the one College World Series. And I'm not going to say that I disagree because we've been there so many times, but there's no way you could ever get rid of him. And with the way that Florida 
you know, has just had like enough, there's enough talent in Georgia and Florida and Alabama for them to just stay at home and recruit and just keep the pipeline coming in. And there's good young arms on that team. And I'm very excited for February to roll around because I miss college baseball already. And I'll be a Georgia Southern Eagle baseball season ticket holder. So I'm looking forward to that too. So very nice college baseball, man. Omaha was great. You know, it's only 140 balls. I've, I've, I've just got to say one thing. Uh, uh, there's a it's only hundred and forty dollars for a full season of Georgia Southern baseball. That doesn't surprise me. That shocks me. Why? I don't know. It's only it's, it's only a non it's a non revenue <laughs> generating sport at a small group of five school, which has an outstanding an outstanding baseball conference. Do not get me wrong. That is an outstanding. How many games? How many games do they play in college baseball? Fifty fifty two. Fifty six. Fifty six. Fifty six. So it's twenty eight home less, less surprised. Less surprised. I mean, and you've got to think that includes. Like 18, 18 midweek games, 19 midweek games. Are those free beer tickets? And, and not only Georgia and Georgia Tech come every year, and Georgia Georgia Southern, if you look back, has a history over the past couple of years of starting off with fairly decent-sized teams coming in for the first opening weekend. Like this year was West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia has been there before. They, they normally – I mean, even whenever they get schools like North Florida, like North Florida is a UNF is a really good baseball school. Um, it's a smaller school, but it's competitive. Yeah, uh, and, I, and like you just said, the Sun Belt Conference is a great baseball conference. I mean, w- w- adding Southern Miss, Southern Miss will be a home series next year because that was in Hattiesburg this year. Uh, you you have Southern Miss who is a Back, has hosted back-to-back Super Regionals. You have Louisiana Lafayette with a head coach that's been to Super Regionals. Uh, you've got Coastal Carolina, who's won the College World Series. You've got Georgia Southern, who hosted a regional last year. You have Appalachian State, who has wildly and vastly underperformed in recent years, but is still decent. South Alabama, who is on the come up. Uh, Texas State. Texas State, who has been very good and been to the postseason numerous times. Um, golly, I'm trying to think because I, I feel like I'm – oh, FAU is probably going to be a lot better in baseball whenever they come over. Oh, you think they're coming over? No, they're – They're in the American they're now. They're in the American they're now. The American there, that's what that, – I, I got them – for some reason, I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about them. Uh, James Madison's probably not going to be that big. But, I mean, overall, the, the point stands – I'll say this: amongst the baseball coaching community, we consider uh, the Sun Belt the out of the conferences that are there. Like in baseball, it's it's a it's a P five, um, just because of the the schools that are there. And if you look at them all, they like Louisiana Lafayette will play Texas this year, uh, and they they go to the brink with them. Um, but back to something you said, Chad, you, you said there's a lot of people in Florida that feel like Kevin O'Sullivan should have more uh, rings as many times as they've gone to Omaha. Baseball is not football and it's not basketball. Talent doesn't always win. Um, Coastal Carolina year being a perfect example, the year that Coastal Carolina won the whole thing in that game um, where Coastal Carolina played Florida. Florida had seven hits with an exit velocity over 105 miles per hour. One of them was a hit. Coastal Carolina had one hit, one ball that was hit over 100 miles per hour, and they won the game. 
it's not like in football where your talent takes over basketball where you can out scheme people or anything like that. You got to go out there and you got to play and you got to be able to hit and you can hit the ball hard, but if it goes right to somebody that you just, it, it doesn't work out. Uh, as long as you're making it to super regionals consistently, you do not let go of your head coach in baseball, but the 12 team playoffs going to change that in football. Damn That's right. I keeps telling me on Twitter. Of course so, it is. Yeah. So it'll be who gets hot. If, yeah. Yeah. If absolutely. UCF gets hot. Yeah. Watch out for UCF or, whenever they kill, go into play. Uh, kill Alabama. Yeah. Or and Georgia. Yeah. Both you know, you, you, yeah, the same sure. John Reese Plumley is two weeks. <laughs> John, John Reese Plumley is going to be a, uh, a Heisman contender after, hey, after don't let that. the nights get hot. Yeah. Hey, I can't wait for Oral Roberts' football team to go all the way to the national championship in the uh, college football playoff where more than likely they're going to beat Alabama by 30. I just don't understand how people even equate football. Like, they try to make the cross-reference from basketball. They're like, oh, but March Madness is so fun. Yeah, because in a five-on-five game, one team could just randomly shoot 70% from behind, from the three-point line, even with a team playing good defense and win by one every now and then. That doesn't happen in football. You don't, I mean, like, you just don't out-scheme a team for four quarters with national championship caliber SEC players on it. You just don't. Well, it's a difference in talent, too. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. If you look at college baseball and college basketball, the worst player in D1, it's not that much worse than the best player in D1. Oh, there's a sure. there's there's a gap for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a gap. I mean, Zion, you know, Williamson, guys like him, like the five stars that come out, the one and duns, those guys are insane. But you got guy. I mean, just the difference in the talent is so different than when you got Georgia playing Vanderbilt, two schools who are both in the SEC, the same division. You could see them in the same field and see the difference oh, in, yeah. in players. Yeah. It's not like that in college basketball. It's not like that in college football no. or uh, basketball. And it, and it never baseball. will be in college football. No. Because the rich are just going to continue to get richer. They're trying to even it out. They're never going to be able to even it out. And and it's okay because you don't need college football to be college basketball. You need it to be college football. Well, and it's possible for teams like Vanderbilt to get to that point. You just have to put the right amount of money into it. And... And you have to be able to recruit at that level. Which means putting the right amount of money right. into it. Yeah. Having the right amount yeah. of facilities. Now you got NIL. You got to have boosters that are willing to not pay players to not do commercials for your school and want to come play for your school. But honestly, I feel like, I mean, NIL is a big thing now. But facilities, if you have the right facilities, you could get anybody. And the right coaching. And cool looking jerseys. Yeah, well, and shoes. And I think, I think the biggest, I think the biggest misconception about college football that it's like you guys saying that people try to apply is that like there's not an even playing field. Like football has 85 scholarship players, and not only that, you have multiple kids on the roster who are walk-ons. You have over 100 players on rosters. You know, in baseball and basketball, your recruiting classes aren't the size of these football classes, and the talent that you get is more spread out in basketball and baseball because there are more legitimate options for you to go and, and play and have a chance like in March madness and in the NCAA baseball tournament, you know, you look at, you look at the Cinderella's of the past, like Butler and Florida Gulf coast. And this year, Oral Roberts and Fresno state in 2007, when they won the college world series, like it, it's just, there it's more of an even playing field. And in college football, you don't have that recruiting classes. You can, you can turn around a whole recruiting class in basketball and baseball and just you can turn your whole program around. In football, that takes two to three years at a time. 
like people put these unrealistic expectations on these new coaches to come in and in the first year, you know, make things happen. Like there, there's people who think last year Billy Napier should have walked in and won a national championship at Florida. Like, no, that's outrageous because you have to – in football, there's too many moving parts. Like no one – in the NFL, in the NFL, everybody starts with the same rules. They all go through a draft process, a free agent process, and everybody has a salary cap. And, yes, there are teams that are better than others, but you all start at the same position. Alabama does not start at the same position as Miami of Ohio. Like Georgia does not start at the same position as Boise State. Florida does not start at the same position as, you know, freaking, I don't know, Louisiana Lafayette. You just, you don't. Like the talent gap is too big and you can't, the 12 team playoff is not going to, it's not going to turn into Omaha because the, the fact of the matter is Coastal Carolina doesn't have the talent or Texas State doesn't have the talent, even if they make the playoff and have a great year in the Sun Belt to compete with these teams when it matters the most. They just they can't. Well, and I go back to baseball is just a completely different game. We talked about it earlier with the Braves. If you look at the Braves, the talent that the Braves have versus the talent that the Oakland Athletics have right now, it's a massive gap. If the A's and the Braves were playing in a best of three series to win the College World Series championship, the Braves lost to the A's, which is by far and large the worst team in the major leagues and one of the worst teams in major league history, quite frankly. And the Braves right now are on pace to be the best Braves team since 1900, at least offensively. They have already... They've already uh, surpassed where the 2013 offense was, and, or uh, excuse me, 2019 offense was, and the 2003 offense, which were the two best ever in Braves history. And they're already beyond in home runs what the 2003 offense has done, and they're on pace to score more runs than that. Same with 2019. It's a different game. So it doesn't matter what, like, if you, you could take, like, you could make the argument that, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Georgia, Florida, Vandy, Tennessee, because Vandy in baseball is unbelievably talented every year. It doesn't matter, you know, but Vandy can go in and play in a in a regional and lose to Oregon, who on paper is not nearly as talented as Vanderbilt. But in baseball, it's weird. Like, weird things happen. And it's a lot more of a matchup game. So, like, I felt like Florida had a little bit easier of a path to get to the championship game than LSU did because LSU had to play against Tennessee and they had to play against Wake Forest. Florida had to play against TCU, who was a two seed in their regional, and they had to play against Oral Roberts, who was a four seed in their regional. Um, so, you know, when you look at matchups matter in baseball because you're able to rest pitching a little bit longer uh, versus, you know, Vandy, if you lose on a fluke where you're hitting the ball hard, but right at people uh, and now you're you're got you got to win out and you play against teams that have good talent, you could lose. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Rowdy Southern Saturday. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Music and follow our social media at RowdyPod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.